1: Enjoy the program!
0: Yay! Good evening, Kathleen.
1: Good evening.
0: Welcome back.
1: (laughs) Welcome.
0: Welcome back to Old Hollywood Realness. This is the podcast celebrating all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Mm-hmm, as we look up, as we as we stare off into the middle distance while we contemplate things um yes. This movie has all the contemplation and of staring off into the middle distance, doesn't it, Kathleen? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it does. But you know, it's one of those movies that I've seen so many times, and every time I see it, or even if just sort of half-ass watching, listening, I get something new every time. So I Fantastic. love it. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> good. Well, before we launch into it, how are you doing? How has everything been? Uh,
1: pretty good. You know how it is with what we do. We just work a lot. But I've also been mm-hmm. um kind of. Of just um, getting back on like the sewing game at home and like doing projects and things. And that makes me very happy. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, so what, how about you? What
0: about you? Momentum begets momentum. Keep it going, girl. <laughs> That's what I always say. Um, I'm doing good. Um, just, you know, Halloween is over. Mm-hmm. So enter postpartum depression uh, for that I um know. but i but no time for that because i got big big projects in the works right now because holiday shows are coming and things are in the mix as Ew. it is so oh, that's you know that's fantastic it, yeah so it's it's great i'm really excited um might have bitten off more than I can chew, but you know what? Sleep is for the weak. <laughs> I mean, you only live right? once. You
1: only live once, and then you'll. I mean, think about things you'll be able to tell your grandchildren, Philip.
0: Exactly. All your well, grandchildren. When, all my. All my. Fictional grandchildren, as I do not want any sort of spawn <laughs> brought into this hellscape of a planet. Anywho! <laughs> <laughs> goodness, Kathleen. Goodness. Talk about it getting dark. And it is Noir Vember. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, as you know, we took off a week to um, to celebrate Scotty Bowers. So, we mm-hmm. didn't get to really wrap up our Ookie Spooky Dookie series. But this movie is kind of Ookie Spooky and Dookie. Um, yeah. But it's also Noir November-ish as well, so very excited to talk about that. Um, Kathleen, we're here to talk about Rebecca. Uh, what? Let's talk about Rebecca. <laughs> uh, let's talk about a
1: goddamn classic up top, okay?
0: Jesus Christ! Uh, so let's just amazing. run down the stats here. So it's 1940. The film is United Artists, and, or the film is Rebecca. It's um released by United Artists and is produced by David O. Selznick Pictures coming right off the heels of Gone with the Wind. Mm -hmm. Um, There's directed by Alfred Hitchcock and the costumes are not actually credited in this film but we have seen some I've seen some uh, some articles attributed to Irene Lentz who's also known as Irene mm-hmm. in um, later years um, the main cast we have here is Laurence Olivier as Maxim De Winter, Miss Joan Fontaine as Mrs. De Winter George Sanders, George voice of the century <laughs> Sanders <Seth>. <laughs> 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 as Jack Favel, um, The incomparable Judith Anderson in the I role mean. of a lifetime as Mrs. Danvers. Um, Nigel Bruce as Major uh, Jules um, Lacey. Gladys Cooper as Beatrice Lacey. Um, Gladys Cooper, that name sounds familiar. And I want to say she was in some movies. Let me click her thing later. We'll talk about her. Reginald Denny as Frank Crawley. And see Aubrey Smith as um, Colonel Julian. And then Florence Bates as Mrs. Van Hopper, who is one of my favorite unsung heroes of this film. So Kathleen, please tell me, What are, what is your experience with this film? Tell me all of them.
1: Well, Philip, thank you for asking (laughs) because this one, I can actually tell a story behind. (laughs) Well, I can do that about a lot of them, but I mean, just this one particular, I remember watching this for the first time, believe it or not, in high school, believe it or not, public school in theater. I was in tactical theater class so Huzzah. shout out to any fucking high school teacher who plays a movie like this
0: <laughs> um, and th- honestly honestly this is how you do it if you're gonna yeah. have a bunch of drama nerds if you're gonna have overly Hell dramatic drama nerds this yeah. is how you this is how you do you be like this, this is, is you how you do drama movie
1: in high school theater <laughs> and you love every goddamn minute of it because this movie was great and uh, I remember uh, it really is like when I think of like I, I don't know. I have a ton of memories of high school, but it really sticks out in my mind to uh, watching this movie, particularly because the teacher took a moment before we started watching it to say that it was really important to watch because it encompassed a lot of different uh, things around imagery and usage of different things. Now, I, I, I paraphrasing big time because this was over a quarter of a century ago or something
0: like that and I, I mean, this was a long,
1: picture it houston suburbs of houston texas early 90s when i heard this sort of speech around watching this movie and that was the first time i watched it i was in my teens but um i remember her specifically calling out things like the use of um uh, uh the the um, this the scenery being like where she, where um, Mrs. De Winter um, is, you, you see a lot of shots of her where she's looking very small, like being able to make her look very small, where like the door was very high, like the, the doorknobs were very high and stuff like that, and uh, just little things, and then how that slowly changed throughout the movie, where it, it started off where Mandalay was like this very big thing, and they filmed her where everything was very big against her, and that slowly changed throughout Throughout the movie but then the other thing which <laughs> I, that was the first time I ever learned about cuckolding <laughs> or being a
0: cuckold
1: <laughs> so that's what I remember being standing out in my mind because um she talked about that and how they used the imagery in the movie where um he's giving uh there's a couple of times where he's like giving a speech and he's talking about his situation and there's uh, like uh antlers above him in some way and that was sort of Mm -hmm. to to show imagery of kind of being cuckolded and uh and she was explaining that at the time which i could barely wrap my mind around because i don't even think i was sexually active even at the time like i was just like all right cool whatever you know black and white movie but uh, yeah so that (laughs) like sticks out in my mind about like someone like that like being talked about and that being um a theme in the movie, you know, which, uh, right. which is, uh, I mean. and then, uh, yeah. And then the second time I remember the movie, like seeing or being really called out and discussed, which was not brought up when I, I want to say when I was in high school was on the celluloid closet and bringing up Mrs. Yeah. Danvers and how, yes. uh, just the whole, like the, the lesbian, uh, kind of undertones, overtones, it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's there. Um, but just yes, that sort that whole sort of qual- And then how that movie itself – they were interviewing people in the documentary and talking about how that movie was very important for women because just kind of getting a glimpse of anything that was remotely gay was – scintillating and very uh, int- you know like you knew you felt the feels like when you watched this movie you right. knew it was sort of like a, a litmus test of like <laughs> am I gay or not you know <laughs> right. because of the scenes around that so and I thought always thought that was super interesting and uh, yeah so but I do really love this movie it's um, it's it's beautiful it's a slow unfolding of a story um, um, wow. it's mean, um, and, I, and I feel like I've watched it so many times I could like listen to it and still enjoy it. And that's what I did this week. I watched it. And then I kind of like half watched it was mainly listening to it. And I still just was like, Oh like I, I felt like I was actually hearing the words and hearing things differently. So I thought that was really cool too. Um, but it's fantastic, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and yes. what is your experience with this movie?
0: My first experience is similar. Well, my first experience is not similar, but it's actually like I first became aware of this film by watching *Celluloid Closet* as well. So, mm-hmm. like your second experience <laughs> was my first experience. So they were talking about the famous scene of Danvers taking the young Mrs. De Winter through Rebecca's bedroom and all of that stuff, and um, just how that sort of like. Like kind of how that scene is very pivotal to show just how kind of in love mrs danvers was or how i guess not in love but devoted in a way mm-hmm. that's almost like cre- like on a level that's like people aren't generally devoted to people mm-hmm. um that they work for um so and that being like kind of an iconic scene of like a lesbian trope or a lesbian sort of like storyline and that stuff and i would be very curious i'd actually love to read the book because i um, you know the book seems like it might delve a little bit deeper, give a little bit more context into, um, Mr. Denver's character, because Mm -hmm. this was the 1940s and the Hays Code was in full effect. Full effect. Even on people like Alfred Hitchcock who
1: could sneak their shit in like all the time.
0: Yes. I, I mean, I love that actually. So just if you haven't seen the celluloid closet, Take a like. Take Please a moment do. and really watch it, because there's. It gives a lot of context into the celluloid, cl- um, into the uh, sorry, into the haze code and all of the stuff that the haze code had to, um, got like kind of, tamped down. But also mm-hmm. how ingenious directors and writers and um you know cinematographers and all this have got they how they managed to circumvent it in a way yeah this is kind of interesting and like the subtleties that they had to do and the coding that they had to do so it was interesting to to see that and then i did end up watching it shortly after um i watched the Cellular closet Ooh, and cool. um, i found it um you know this was when I was in LA and was working at the video store my my blossoming years of post high school of like discovering myself as being like you know I was learning that one day I would become a velvet loafers gay who listens to Judy and Barbara (laughs) all the time
1: and proud of it motherfucker which has happened which is this,
0: you know it's it's one of those things that you don't realize is happening until you wake up one day and it's happened and you know it's like you don't know you're an
1: expert until you are (laughs) exactly
0: you just wake up one day and you're just like well these loafers are strangely new and oddly comfortable these sequins Um, are so shiny i know (laughs) you're like i don't know where they come from but they felt like they've been here the whole time (laughs) Um, so um yeah so that's probably the first time i've seen it and then the most recent time that i've seen it would of note was when we went to los angeles over the summer that's right during our big hollywood ohr field trip we um actually got to go see this film um, played on the big screen in um, at the Orpheum Theater in downtown LA. Mm-hmm. So, which was really really fun because we got to hang out with um, one of the listeners from this um, one of the listeners of the show. Shout out to Lauren. Ooh. Yes, I mean um, it was icing she joined on the cake. us, which it was, was fantastic. so fun. Yeah, she's a gem. <laughs> Can't get enough of her. And. Um, So, but if you don't know, I wanted to highlight that too, because that was an experience that I've been dying to do since I learned about it. Because there's a series, a film series called Last Remaining Seats, and it's put on by the historical, um, by the LA Conservancy, which is um, basically a... um, for lack of a better term, it's like the historical society of Los Angeles that's all about preserving the um, buildings in Hollywood that are um, of value of, you know, historical value and of note. And they do a big thing on the, um, they take a big interest in all of the movie palaces down on Broadway Mm -hmm. in downtown LA. And if you don't know about this, please take some time to like really research that because it's really, really cool. Um, Back in 2010 or 11, I want to say, I visited Los Angeles and stayed downtown back when it was, way more grimy than it is now. And um I went on a walking tour of the movie palaces and I got to see some ins- here of the inside of some of the movie palaces which blew my mind. Like the million dollar theater down by um Oh my god, that the, is uh, Grand insane. Central Market mm-hmm. do- down there which is amazing. And then like there's the Los Angeles Theater which is um beautiful and amazing. I didn't get to go inside of that one, but there was a couple of other ones that were functioning as um you know, they kind of function as churches and stuff like that. Yeah. It was really hey, cool to see and to hear the viol- and t- exactly. And, yeah. t- and so what's really cool is so Broadway down there is actually going through a resurgence and they do this thing called last remaining seat. So over the summer, and I believe it's like May, June, July, they do every once a week, they show film, the classic films in these films, giant movie palaces and so it's kind of getting to, gets to see them in like their their original settings if you will and it's it was really really fun to see this movie in a theater like that um so if you have a chance check out last remaining seats just google it you can find it they usually release their um their um their film see like their film calendar. And I want to say in March and mm-hmm. around March is when they do it. So if you're if you have the opportunity to go, I would highly recommend going. It's a great thing to support and also it's an amazing environment to see a movie in. Oh, <laughs> like, fantastic! Yeah, it felt yeah. so cool. Like it felt so amazing to have that kind of environment, immersive environment, and seeing a movie of this caliber on on the big screen that way. Yeah. So, Big shout for out sure. to what they're doing over there. You yep. Know.
1: And to what your point, I, point is, too, is like if you're ever going to plan, plan a trip to downtown L.A., like visit Los Angeles. You can stay yeah. at one of the beautiful hotels downtown and, you know, plan a trip around seeing a movie like that, going to see those tours. If you really love old Hollywood, like mm-hmm. there are opportunities to go and like stay in in downtown Los Angeles and have that experience for a, a weekend and um, and really enjoy it if that's your thing you know yeah.
0: actually one time <laughs> we don't ryan, live there but ryan, we're
1: promoting it
0: <laughs> exactly and ryan ended up going um by himself one time and he stayed downtown as well oh, and nice. he ended up take recently and he ended up taking the art deco tour and oh, which had so similar cool. stuff in it but it had different things so he got to see mm-hmm. some really cool stuff i mean the architecture there is just beautiful and i'm so it, happy that they're breathtaking managing to yeah managing to um to to preserve it so i just wanted to give a huge shout out major sidebar on this episode uh, but like I, I, no really I, highly appropriate sidebar what though. they're doing <laughs> like um how, so the los angeles conservancy they're doing a big thing and actually you mm-hmm. can join their conservancy and get first dibs on the tickets for that too and it's only like five bucks a month so it's really cheap so to, to conserve you know to to uh support what they're doing you know as it yeah well. for sure um, Yeah. And I do want to give um, another shout out to a listener, actually, because we have a listener over in Ireland, actually, who um, on Instagram is my wish wish baby and when we announced that we were doing um, Rebecca I got the I got the comment on a a photo to end all comments so the comment (laughs) says about time you dealt with this classic exclamation point it's one of my favorite black and white 1940s moody melodramas dying to hear your opinion can you even deal with the first Mrs. DeWinter's bedroom and wardrobe question mark question mark exclamation exclamation (laughs) both are (laughs) immense and disgusting Opulent, the jealousy is real and requires smelling salts for revival.
1: Seriously, goodness, I better <laughs> I'm myself. i like
0: this yes. is the perfect. I mean, God bless Nailed you. It. I love love that comment. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things. Was I read it? I giggled for oh probably my a God. good hour. It's so funny, and exactly how we feel about this film oh it dude is hell yeah drama that whole scene drawings. you're just like oh. wait what is she doing <laughs> <laughs> exactly that <laughs> is so good <laughs> oh my god Oh, goodness. Um, so actually, I don't... Do you know... I pulled a little bit of stuff on Irene Lentz if because I don't know if we've actually covered much on Irene yet. So I wanted to kind of um, pull some stuff on her to yeah. give some, some context on her. Again... This movie is attributed to her, but she's not credited. So it's hard to really say if she actually did this film, mm-hmm. but um, it would have made sense that she was working at the time. So this is from a 2013 article from The Hollywood Reporter. So um, she was born in Baker, Montana in 1920. And at the age of 20, she worked. Um, she ended up moving to Los Angeles and worked as a bit actress in Max Senate silent films before opening up a tiny boutique in Los Angeles. So then um, she ended up getting married, but then her husband died 11 months later and then she ended up um, skipping town for uh, Europe where she um, just sort of immersed herself into couture and learned all about that so then she returned and opened up a boutique on Sunset Boulevard and was frequented um, which was frequented by the wives of many studio executives including Mrs. Louis B. Mayer Um, her first film was um, the movie Flying Down to Rio in 1933 Uh, she was usually credited as the name Irene which is not which I've seen a lot before so that's um, why you'd be familiar with her. And eventually she ended up getting a contract at MGM, replacing Adrian after he left to um, pursue his um, couture line. And during that time, she ended up being, um, she married a screenwriter, the screenwriter, Elliot Gibbons, who was brother of the MGM head art director, Cedric Gibbons. Um, she was said not to be, she was, Sorry, she was said to not be happy with her time at MGM due to um, many clashes with L.B. Mayer. And by the end of the 40s, she left um, MGM to restart her own line of boutiques. Um, So on 19 uh, in 1962, on November 15th, days after her latest show received rave reviews, she checked into the Knickerbocker Hotel in Hollywood um, after a night of heavy drinking. Um, apparently she downed two pints of vodka. Uh, she leapt out of the 11th floor window only to land on the awning and her body was found later that night. Um, apparently she had a suicide note that read, I'm sorry, this is the best way to get someone very good to design and be happy. I love you all. Irene. So I had heard, I, I had, it's funny because there's Irene sheriff, Irene, and uh, and then her Irene mm-hmm.
1: Lent. So I
0: sometimes I get those two kind of conflated, but um, yeah, I had read before that she was the one who um killed herself by throwing herself out the window, and then her she kind of um they didn't find her body immediately, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I am familiar with her work, but again, she's not credited in this film, but she, it is attributed to her. So. Well,
1: you know, I find that very interesting that she had boutiques because I know that. Well, what, what little bit we know about like Alfred Hitchcock is that, you know, he used he, at least in his later films, definitely had a heavy hand in dictation with like what he wanted his leads to wear and certain people, you know, his particularly the women. Um, and he right. used to work with his head fashion, around that. Uh,
0: yeah. Right.
1: Um, Costuming
0: was important to him.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but also, too, he was not I mean, he, he, he was also just not above literally taking the actors to a dress shop, having them try on a bunch of stuff. He watches and says, yes, no, yes, no. So if she had Mm -hmm. her own boutique and was able to provide that, that, that like kind of makes sense that maybe, I mean, I'm just saying like, maybe she was able to at least, uh, Perhaps provide uh, like the the dress that she kind of uh, you know the dress with the flowers on the front and maybe right. uh, and, and maybe even the um, the dress that that she wears in the portrait and stuff like that or that could have been commissioned through through somebody else at that time. So much of that was right, so yeah. fuzzy, and then her whole. Wardrobe that she kind of wears throughout there is so distinctly English. Oh my God, mm, it is just yeah. so Englishly English. <laughs> it yeah. just is. It's funny too. You know. <laughs> it's funny
0: to think about because if this, this was a David O. Selznick picture, to have him coming off of Gone with the Wind, where he was so hands-on on making sure that the costumes were featured in such a way that it it's kind of funny that this one is like the exact opposite where the costumes are not even like the costumes are important but they're not like he's not promoting them as heavily as he would. well
1: and, But it's him. a black and white picture so I wonder if that right. would have had any bearing yeah. on that as well and just the sort Perhaps. of the nature of it because it was you know I mean that the moment that she is in her uh her, you know her, her costume she is flawlessly on point could rival like she's gone with the wind level beautiful right like Mm -hmm. she I mean she is like she's on that on that point but but everything else is just I mean not that she isn't beautiful but she's wearing uh and this again as to that that costuming of that dressing very small she's always dressed and and sort of uh, pictured very small against this giant backdrop of Mandalay and all these other people who just seem larger than life compared to her as she's sort of navigating her way through this this uh, you know this new world uh, that she's just kind of been thrown into. And, um, and, and you see that, and then you see that kind of like a little bit, little by little, she gets bigger and bigger, I feel like throughout it. And then she still maintains her style in the end, but she's not, um, You know, like uh, she's not small anymore, I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, uh, But then, you know, but but at the same time, like I'm like, well, her looks are I don't want to say this in a bad way, like forgettable, but they are in that they do their job. She's supposed to be sort of this, you know, she kind of floats through the whole story and she's she's in these beautifully smart tweed tailored skirts and little shoes and, you know, uh, little sweaters or blouses. And then, you know, just everything is just so, um, I don't even want to say plain because it doesn't feel plain. It just looks very beautiful and put together, just very British. The t- in, in my American mind, so very British, <laughs> right? <laughs> or yeah, English, she, or you know, especially of that sportswear, you know, like her era, her daywear.
0: Yeah. Her daywear was very felt very British. Felt very like yes, almost something yeah. you see like a young Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth. Yes, you know, like yeah, exactly was, like
1: the young Elizabeth. Yeah, she definitely had that look, and she has like this clean face and and um, and you know, minimal jewelry and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. she was always like, I, I feel like even now, because like just this last time I was uh, sort of watch listening to it, she talks about her father and she's, she's like, oh, you know, like my dad was an artist, he was really unusual. So she's already kind of like from, and I was like, huh, that was the first time I ever noticed that. Like, so she's kind of yeah. from an unusual background. Like she seems like, she seems sort of uh, normal or, you know, I guess conservative looking, but like, she's sort of like, Came from something like she says it in that again as a very British way. Of, oh, he was so unusual, but I'm like, oh, what does that exactly mean, girl? Like, what does that mean? Because like he's a painter and shit during the 20s. Like, I don't know what that means. That sounds like it'd be a yeah. little freaky. So maybe you're just maybe. trying to like downplay it. But he was cool, and you took care of him until he died, you know. And so now, like, you know, you're you're this paid companion you're this garbage woman you know this, this garbage <laughs> and that's the other thing too is like i think also too like i again you know sort of watch listening it, to it today I, I was thinking about that don't get me wrong there's a lot of points where uh things he says to um uh things that mr de winter says to the new mrs de winter that are very infantilizing and very inappropriate uh-huh. just very yeah, like oh always, fuck yeah. you know but at the same time, too, uh, like there's a lot of things I now get and understand after watching this movie and like this story several times over. I'm just like, oh, but I get like, why? Because she's like you were with somebody who was a complete monster, like a complete yes. beautiful monster who has exactly. everyone around you fooled. So like you're. Ye- like everyone around you is gaslit except you, and you're the dude, and you're the dude, right? Like you're the one, you're the one who has exactly. to come do this legacy with the big estate and the dull thing and like carry on the thing. And you're with a goddamn <laughs> fucking mo- garbage person monster. What the fuck, you know? I know. Like it must have just, he just. It, it most have almost drove would drive you crazy, right? Yeah, you know like that's really like the more like I said every time I watch it, the, the actual like concept of the story is so fucking twisted. You know? it is
0: really, it's really messed up and while mm-hmm. watching it I totally got like I totally got like the vibe of leave her to heaven too because yes! like of that oh that sort God. of like woman yeah. like, but oh, I think it was maybe maybe a different kind of thing because instead of just being obsessed with her husband she was just like everyone was became obsessed with her No, and, like, this fell was in deeper. love Yeah, her. but that and sort it was of like thing, and I'm then even like oh. even the way that she set up her own death in the end was yes. very much like in the way that um gene Tierney set up her death and she um leave her to heaven which was very much like kind of like a hand from beyond the grave to fuck over the person yes that, you everything know, is at just... her
1: amusement everything every yeah. person yeah
0: like she managed to spin it in a way that would be like oh no you're you're gonna you know you're, you're going to take the fall for you're this, just a though, fucking you know. trifling
1: bitch from like every every egg like even from beyond the grave some of us yep. may be related to people like this this is why i'm saying that and i'm all about women first but like damn we all know women like this or well men can be like this too but let's face it fucking trifling bitches
0: exactly. well, you gotta so mess this, with
1: shit on every level uh, even after you're oh, dead Jesus.
0: She was. That was so crazy. I was just like, "Damn, this woman!" Like, I don't think I've ever. Like, I feel like what she she was a bit of a Svengali cult leader type. Where, and I've met people. I've met people like this. Mm -hmm. Where, like, no matter what, like everyone just everyone just loves them in a way that's like unhealthy like they're not they don't love them they're just they they need they want to own that person and that person knows how to you know that person knows how to um capitalize that and yes just sort but of to take like, it to the next be like, level oh, I'm, and I, like i see this look in their, their eyes i know what to
1: do oh yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah It's like, and then they'll just, they just glom onto it. And it's, it's very, very interesting. And I wish that I would love to see, I would love to see like a, or I'd like to read, I don't want to see a movie, like a prequel to Rebecca where it's actually about Rebecca and kind of her life of how she kind of like functions as that sort of Svengali type character. Dude, you could yeah, do a whole
1: modern remake like Rebecca needs to be a thing for sure, yeah, for sure she because seems like, very cre-
0: like, creep-tastic Yes, like, yeah,
1: and I love so. how like the new Rebecca, the new Mrs. DeWinter, she comes on the scene Completely oblivious to anything, yeah. like well, literally. It's and like- as a woman, you're just like, "Oh, well, that's the most beautiful picture." And then, like, she just she would, and she's so young. Like, I, I get yeah. it because I I understand. Like, she was young and sweet, and like really so interesting oh man like it's like walking it's like someone walking
0: into it's like someone walking into it would almost be like the it would be and i know this is kind of fucked up it's like almost walking into like the house of um after into the um heaven's gate house after they all killed themselves you're just like what the fuck Happened here, and you have to sort of like yes. pull the strings and find out what the fuck happened here. And it's just like, and every it's just like a war zone. Everybody in everybody in this woman's life is just damaged and like just. But leveled nobody's to the saying ground. that
1: she's like actually bad. That's the thing is, everybody's so right. Cool. And, no one's and, and, saying. And the first the thing obvious. anyone they're like, well, she was so beautiful. She was she so was, so and beautiful. that's the thing. They don't even say what yeah. she was the most beautiful creature I've ever seen.
0: Exactly, creature exactly. like uh, I know right. You know, like, no.
1: Oh. Like <laughs> that's the <a> me- thing. It's <laughs> so, like the but you don't you don't notice it at first. Maybe not on the first watch, maybe not even on the tenth. Yeah. But like I watch it again and I'm just like oh wow
0: the way that the way that Reginald Denny talks about her like the way that even Reginald Denny was like they talk about how Reginald because like um, George Sanders character um, Favelle is like you didn't get anywhere with her did you and that's probably why you're so bitter blah 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 and like all this so it was like everyone was kind of in this woman's web and was they were all collateral damage to this Uh woman you know and like Favelle was a fucked up dude of course I mean they were cousins which is like a whole nother thing Whole like, nother thing,
1: but it, again. I it tell ta- It's like it reminds me of like dangerous liaisons or something like that. You know, where you're just like, yeah. you know, you'll She's do. Rich yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. and it's like, Ugh. well, oh, and they're they're all. It's like you know, a bunch of beautiful rich sociopaths bumping into each other. Well dressed sociopaths. Exactly. <laughs> And um, you other. know, and
0: like Maxim De Winter has to just keep on going mm-hmm. because of you know can't can't say anything was wrong because you know he's got to keep up appearances and pip pip and all that shit you know. Well, and I a- find
1: that really interesting. Like, so I'm like, okay, so here here's so this probably I'm like now again after watching this several times over, I'm like, okay, so this old money, probably pretty good looking introvert. You know, gets gets hit up like in some way, shape, or form by Rebecca, right? And who, you know, again, he's he's probably, you know, oh my God, she's beautiful, everybody around, and I think that's the thing is everybody around him. Also charming too. Oh, she's beautiful and she's charming and how lucky you are. And then like everything just he he literally gets swept off his feet by her. And then on their honeymoon, like the day like deal sealed everything. And she's like, okay, here's the deal, bitch. I'll do your thing. Like I'll be your lady. I'll run the thing. I'll be all the things. But like, first of all, I'm not going to be faithful to you. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't even fucking like you. Like, you know, like she just, she just like completely just like, like Mm -hmm. what a psychological, imagine if that was the shoe was on the other foot. Imagine if yep. it was like how heartbreaking and fucked up and, is that, you know?
0: And you can't get a divorce. You can't. No, it's no, oh, you're locked in, and you're and also aristocracy. Ex- exactly, and know?
1: everybody thinks she's a goddamn like you're so lucky, a goddess, like you're, you're, you're yeah. a goddess, like you, you, you're like imagine if the goddess just turns on and tells you, like, guess what, bitch. Got you,
0: right? Got you. And she, you know? and she, and she even like, and she was the lady of the house. Oh, oh she my god! Did the, she did the duties. Oh, she, and she, she brings her, her fucking,
1: ner- yeah. And and that's the thing is, it's like you, and you get the idea even from like the peep, all the like help involved. It's like, well, you know, yeah. And then she brought Miss Danvers, and well, I guess you know everything was fine. I mean, she kept the place alive. That was how it Dude. was, but. Miss Danvers can we
0: please talk about Miss Danvers what the what and that that's woman. the other thing too
1: like you know fuck Rebecca for how she played her too because like she, this chick like yeah. she was so in love clearly was like so in love with her and you know she pulled some twisted shit you know she was like I'll let you brush my hair bitch I'll let you do this I'll uh-huh. let you do this thing okay good night now I, you know like uh, you know yes
0: you know uh, you know that she played off that she knew that yes. you know that Rebecca knew that Mrs. Danvers was like catching the feels for her and was like gushing the panties all up in there and she she was just like She probably had that girl
1: since they were both teenagers They're probably about the same age, believe it or not They were
0: probably, she probably, well Mrs. Danvers says that she came on once when Mrs., when the young Mrs., when the first Mrs. DeWinter was when a bride. So I don't know. Maybe they didn't know each other before, but she clocked her in the hallway and was like, yeah. Uh huh. I see you looking, and I'm going to take that look and I'm going to take it for all it's worth. And like, did, yeah. like, she used, she used every trick in the book on that and like hosed her. Like, totally just like, I could, I'm just, you know, every little, I'm sure Danvers took every crumb she could get. She's like, You want to, you want to hear you, here, you, you know, and like the fact that she was wearing that like you know that thing where she's like you could, she was holding the nighty, the or the the nightgown and she's like you could see my hand through it which means rebecca was wearing the nightgown completely naked yeah and that's you could she, see and like, so basically her hair every night and she was and basically naked to me. yeah like in her yeah. fucking naked
1: like so she brushed her hair while she's naked she got to stare at her well before yes, she went to bed.
0: Which is probably like just And then oh she just was like oh yeah and she's like and I keep- made this
1: bag for her and guess what that bag was for? To put her fucking nakedy negligee in. Like she's like, Oh yeah, I'm great and like that that would like like be in her bed.
0: Yeah, she was a straight, straight. The, Rebecca was like a straight up cult leader. Like, you were the most important yep. thing to me. Let me make you feel important. Like, mm-hmm. all it just, it's so crazy. And then you don't even see her in the entire movie. You don't even see a photo of her. You don't even see nope. a painting of her. Nothing. It's bananas it's, it's bananas this movie is amazing so i'm just like oh mm-hmm. and the sets girl the sets, the sets are, are
1: incredible just r- incredible ridiculous. and the shots like the way they film things that's what i'm saying is like the way they film uh, it, it uh, you learn like how just how you can film people against certain walls or places and make them big or small or whatever right. and it's just because i remember oh, you fantastic. telling me
0: I remember you telling me about that thing where there's like, where the doorknobs are at shoulder height. Yeah, Like the doorknobs are at shoulder height on, um, on, on, on Joan Fontaine. And like, then you look at other photos. There's like photos of her standing in front of a, in front of a fireplace where it, it's, the fireplace opening Huge. is taller than yep. her and they, you're just like, yep. They particularly holy shit. did those like,
1: shots to make it look like she's just this small little thing in this exactly. giant house. But it's interesting
0: know? too, because, but they don't shoot other people in front of no, those they things. Do not. They don't nope. shoot, they don't shoot people in front of the fireplace. They don't shoot other people, but it's so such a sweeping, mm-hmm. big giant, like the house is ridiculous. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, I hope it's crazy. Is-
1: it's like, I mean, I guess it would almost, it's, it's, It's like Downton Abbey, but like 1930s. I I mean, really, because they had like the whole staff and Frith, the guy, you know, Frith who had been there since like the, you know, uh, like for decades, you know, he was like the original person, you know. And Mm -hmm. so they, they really, I don't know. I thought a little bit about Downton Abbey. but And also just the... It, it, the enormousness of what that would have meant to have been born into that. Like, fuck I if mean, you don't even want that, you know? Crazy. Like, uh but,
0: but her bedroom... I mean, her bedroom. Mm. Like, Miss Rebecca's bedroom was crazy i mean just like, but that's
1: the thing what, what a psycho she's like okay this is my bedroom what's the best part of the house okay bye like they had like different yeah. wings like she i mean that's the thing like but nobody really saw that like read between the lines and saw that they were just like, what a beautiful lady who lives in the other part of the house
0: but I mean that's kinda how it was because even in Downton Abbey, the yeah. husband and wife had different bedrooms. That's like true. they they just it's they would they would come to each other's bedrooms when it was time to mate. Like it was just oh, very like you know, it was just very different. You know, they had different ways of functioning. It yeah, was, and I know, guess and I guess
1: that's where like they were different. Like, you know, yeah. the new Mr. And Mrs. DeWinter where You know, she – it's not that she wasn't – obviously, she was very dazzled by the house and the big space, but it wasn't, like, her mission, you know. I think she was just so stoked to, like, be with somebody who – um let's face it she got daddy issues
0: that i totally
1: relate oh, to so like she was like yeah i'm cool i'm cool with
0: this but i mean i L- love olivier, you right? yeah the Lawrence, uh, Lawrence olivier was Maybe, not, uh, no yeah you know and right like, exactly girl.
1: and That's i think like he was goodness. very enamored with the fact that she she literally knew nothing about what was right. going on and then when she did she didn't react like oh like try to be a gold digger or whatever or she you know she didn't get she she was actually afraid she was like oh fuck you know like this right, isn't yeah. this isn't good you know and yeah. and was very much kind of gaslit into having a lot of insecurity around the, you know, the old Mrs. DeWinter, little as she knows, she's a complete garbage person and she's, she's, <laughs> she's the better one, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and now that I rewatch it, even with certain people like his sister and brother-in-law and other people, when they meet her and they're almost like after a while, kind of like relieved. I'm like, oh, I get it now because yeah. you, you, lo- this girl's a breath of fresh air. She's like real compared to. You know, probably most people you meet who are always trying to look for something or get something, just like the the old lady that she was um, a paid companion to. Everybody's like trying oh, yeah. to scam on someone, you know, Monty. Monty. Monty, I
0: loved her. She was <sighs> my absolute favorite. Again, Mrs. Van Hopper so was funny. my absolute favorite. She's like uh, that letter she writes to him where she's like, "You naughty boy, not mm-hmm. receiving, returning my phone calls." It was just like you could tell she's one of the. And then she does that thing when they're walking to the elevator. She's like, "Oh, there, I met this one man on my last vacation, and he spent the entire time hiding, um, hiding and hiding from me, and you know." And I, she's like, "I wonder if he was in love with me." It's like, "No, because you're an absolute terrible person." No, bitch! You you're the worst. For you're like such one of those people that you just want to like run away from. No, it's
1: they're just self awareness not is not in their natural wheelhouse. No, exactly. <laughs> so
0: funny. I I loved her because she was such a breath of fresh air this movie. Mm-hmm. But of course, the beginning of the movie is like li- a little bit light and frothy for at first, but then it gets creepier as it goes on. So oh, that's and that's the to, thing like, about the, the movie.
1: It's like a slow roll. If you're, I feel like yeah. when you watch it, like don't expect it to sort of like blam, you know, get you right out the gate. You know, just wait for it, wait yeah. for it. Oh shit, exactly. this shit's fucked up. You know, I know. <laughs> But it's it's great. It's it. such a great movie. And yeah, Lawrence Levy is I mean it you know, mm-hmm. odd,
0: dashing is one word for it. <laughs> uh, I
1: mean, daddy issues and odd comments aside, he is a oh. beautiful man. He's mm. really good looking and troubled in this movie, and so yes. therefore, in my, for me, very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: too real, too yeah. real. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I could
0: uh, talk about the storyline if you like. I you would love stories. that. No, no, oh, go for goodness. it. Okay. So... This, Rebecca, 1940. Uh, The film begins with the young Mrs. De Winter, played by Joan Fontaine, recalling the home of Manderley. um, The home that haunts her. Then she tells the story of how she came to know Manderley, which begins in the south of France. While out um, for a walk, she notices a man at a cliff's edge. Thinking he's about to jump, she calls out to him. Annoyed with her, he sends her away. Back in the hotel lounge with her boss, Mrs. Van Hopper, played by Florence Bates, the young woman runs into the man again. Turns out he's Max Maxim de Winter, played by Laurence Olivier, the most eligible of bachelors who lives in Manderley. Um, the young woman begins spending time with Maxim day after day while her boss is laid up with a cold. She begins to fall for him, and why shouldn't she? Um, even though she's falling for him, he seems to be haunted by the loss of his previous wife, Rebecca. Uh, Mrs. Van Hopper receives word That her daughter is getting married So they make plans to leave for New York at once The young girl tries her best to see Maxim One last time to say goodbye Just before leaving for the ship She bursts into his room After she explains that she is leaving He suggests that they get married You know, just sort of casually Yeah, that's how it's done back then exactly uh she accepts and maxim tells the news to mrs von hopper the old bat pretends to be happy for the for her employee but before leaving um von hopper lays in a a good dig about how she'll never be the late be a lady enough for manderley a little foreshadowing maybe yeah so she was Uh, a cunt (laughs) (laughs) what's one way of putting it Garbage comment. Um, yeah, don't don't at me. At Kathleen. <laughs> uh, I the two. Ju- Yay! Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the two marry before heading back to Manderley. Uh, they arrive back at the large estate home during a rainstorm. Maxim introduces the staff to the new soaking wet Mrs. De Winter. Uh, the head housekeeper, Mrs. Danvers, played by Judith Anderson, gives her the iciest of receptions. Uh, trouble is a Bruin, as one might say. Uh, Danvers is the most is the most intimidating woman and gives the young bride the creeps. So the new Mrs. De Winter tries her best to get comfortable and Manderly, but Danvers takes every opportunity to creep her out. She explains how she came on when Miss, the first Mrs. De Winter was a bride, and it is clear that she is the HBIC also known as the head bitch in charge, um, even over the current Mrs. um, Mrs. DeWinter. So as time passes on, she also meets Frank Crawley played by Reginald Denny, the estate manager and um, and Maxim's right-hand man. Um, as she continues to live at Manderley, she learns more and more about how Rebecca drowned. Um, there seems to be a lot of mystery surrounding this woman, not limited to a houseboat down on the beach, Crawley then fills her in the blanks on the details of her death and how everyone absolutely loved Rebecca. They couldn't get enough of her um one day, the young Mrs. De Winter notices Danvers and a man sneaking about the house. uh she catches him on the way past um on his way past a window, and he turns out to be Jack Favell, played by George Sanders, again, the voice of the century. yeah um I know right. I want him to narrate my life, I really do from the grave. <laughs> I wish uh, uh, you know
1: it's it's only a bu- it's a bummer he never played Oscar Wilde.
0: He sh- could have. He could, he could have, have really done totally. that. Totally. Just. Saying. I also wish that he had done read audiobooks too. Oh, I know. His re- voice is delicious. <laughs> Just it's like a smooth caramel. <laughs> yep. Um. So the first Mrs. De Winter. So he is the first Mrs. De Winter's no good Nick cousin. Uh, she agrees to keep his visit secret since Maxim doesn't approve of him. The visit prompts her to go explore the West Wing, where no one goes, um, a.k.a. the Beauty and the Beast stereotype. Um, (laughs) This is where... (laughs) Right? This is where they
1: get it from.
0: (laughs) Exactly. This is where... um, Then um, she is busted by Danvers, who takes the time to give... um, you know, YM. I'm calling her YMDW, the Young Mrs. De Winter. <laughs> so she gives her a tour through Rebecca's old room, which is kept as a shrine to the first Mrs. De Winter. So um, YMDW convinces Maxim to throw a masquerade ball like the old days, and he relents. She plans her costume as a surprise for everyone. After having trouble finding the best costume, Danvers suve- suggests she dress as a lady, as the lady in one of Maxim's favorite portraits in the in the hallway Um, on the evening of the party she comes downstairs and is greeted by looks of horror from Maxim's sister and Max's Maxim loses his shit and screams at her to take it off turns out this was a costume that Rebecca once wore Um, she rushes upstairs in tears and notices Danvers in the West Wing again she confronts Danvers for setting her up like this Danvers explains how she'll never be the great lady Rebecca was Um, just drop YMDW throws herself on the bed in tears Danvers opens a window for her to get some air. She stands at it to compose herself and Danvers does her best to convince her to jump to her death. Um, you can tell she's about to do it when she's distracted by calls for help with a shipwreck down, down on the shore. So everyone rushes to go help. Later in the night YMDW um, goes down to find Maxim and she hears that another boat was found. Rebecca's boat was found, as was her body. Turns out the body that was identified originally was not hers. Um, So she finds Maxim in the boathouse and he confesses to the whole thing. Rebecca wasn't the prim proper housewife she claimed to be. She was a harlot. She was flinging that puss all over town. Um, Even with her cousin Favelle, exclamation point, gasp. Um, What? what? (laughs) What? (laughs) I said she was flinging that puss all over town, even with her cousin Favelle, exclamation point, gasp. So, one night AKA she
1: incest. Hey-o.
0: Well, I mean they're they're British. I think they have different rules over there. Uh um, no, no, actually they don't. <laughs> one night sh- she announced to Maxim that she was pregnant and they were gotten into a scuffle and she fell and hit her head and ended up killing her. Not knowing if he was going to be believed, he put her in the boat and intentionally suck it, sunk it. So, YMDW doesn't care. She loves Maxim and will stand by him. Now that the body and the boat have been found, a coroner's inquest must be redone. They investigate everything. Um, What is bugging them is why there is evidence that the boat was intentionally sunk. So they begin to investigate this as a suicide, but cannot find reason for why she would have done that. Enter Favelle. He has received he received a letter from Rebecca, which he wants to cash in on at Maxim's expense. The letter proves that he that she wasn't suicidal, which casts suspicion on Maxim as a murderer. They end up tracking down her London doctor to confirm if she was really even pregnant, and it is revealed that she was close to death from cancer. This gives the police all they need to believe that the death was a suicide. Favel calls Danvers to let her know how it all turns out. So as Maxim heads home, they realize that Manderley is on fire. Danvers couldn't let anybody be the Lady of Manderley if it couldn't be Rebecca, so she set the house on fire because she's crazy. Let um, everyone escapes except Danvers, who dies in Rebecca's room when the ho- when the roof falls on her. The end. And that is that, as they say. Um, goodness, this movie is so amazing so kathleen yeah. did you have favorite looks in this movie that you wanted to point out to the friends and fam at home
1: gosh you know it's it's this is a tough call because it's like um the the actual lead joan fontaine did wasn't really like gla- you know working some glamorous looks or even i mean dare i say they're forgettable looks but in a good mm-hmm. way like that was yeah. sort of the point of her costuming um yeah but i would say honestly my one of my favorite looks is mrs danvers head just straight up i like i remember because from the the first moment i saw this movie i remembered her i remembered her like she her her uniform is so distinctive Mm -hmm. and she she uh, her whole look with her hair her look everything it's iconic almost like a um like a Morticia Adams, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I hate, it's so to, I, I know it's a weird it's thing to so compare severe. it to, but it's just like, it is so severe. It's so recognizable that, um, I, I just, um, I love it. I love what they were able to do with that. And and obviously the actress, it's, it's just such a beautiful marriage of costuming actress exactly. yeah. and all of that to just create this presence. And then even when they, um, you know, when she's outside of that and she's in London and, you know, like with the inquest, like they have the hat and the, and and her little, um, coat and everything. It's just so amazing how she, she really, um, between her and Rebecca, I mean, they're really the stars of the whole movie. And that's, what's so interesting because one of them is not even even there. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. It's like, what the fuck? It's so fantastic. It's so good. Um, I mean, and and don't get me wrong, like Joan Fontaine's uh, when she she does her, um, you know, her costume party and she dresses like an ancestor. And it's very much like like, uh, again, Gone with the Wind It's that like 1930s antebellum era. She looks lovely. She's absolutely luminous and lovely. And that was what they wanted to do. They wanted her to look or show that she. and and I think it was actually really great. And so what was so jarring for everyone in a way, because it was like, dude, Rebecca ain't all that. Look at how she was able to look just as beautiful and haunting as her. You know what I mean? Like, um, she was, she was just really an awful person, like in a beautiful skin suit. You know, (laughs) truly like she was, she was an absolutely horrible mythical monster. That is absolutely fascinating. like, you could really embellish on just, you know, in your own mind, like think about the just all the horrible things she probably did and got away with, you know, exactly. and and, um, and you can build it up in your mind about how how, how gross it all is, you know, the whole story. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I think I honestly Mrs. Danvers is like my favorite. Truly. Yes. Truly. It's just I mean, so good. And I
0: gotta, we gotta give a shout out too, because when we went to go see this movie in at the Orpheum Theater, we we ran into a, we oh ran my into God. a mature yes. woman doing full Danvers oh, cosplay. Cosplay. Like, whoa. <laughs> it was- amazing even with little flames on the ends of on the hems of her skirt it was, it was the most fantastic amazing ever
1: and she was lovely and uh we got a picture with her of course and uh yes. she was she was great and that's the thing is like uh, you know again just a big shout out to going to those movies because Chances are, when you go to those movies that they're having and they're showing there, somebody's going to be dressed up, you know? And yes. if it's not them, it'll be us, you know? It'll be somebody <laughs> going out for a nice night and cocktails and doing the whole old, old Hollywood thing, you know? It's so great.
0: Exactly. Um, okay, no, sorry about that. Whoopsie doodles. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Um, but Dambers. anyway
1: love the movie so glad we got to see this in a on a big screen um in a beautiful movie theater mm-hmm. and yeah this is Dan. do you have but do you have a look do you have, oh oh also real quick the men's work ah, oh my yeah. god fucking five star britishy tweety gorgeous menswear it's fantastic
0: exactly. <laughs> um, and
1: so unto uh, you <laughs> oh, oh, thank
0: you um there's actually it's interesting the costumes in the movie are there's not a ton of looks as it is but there's actually some mm-hmm. really good stuff i think that um mrs um mrs von hopper's costume is kind of as a character her own is like she's wearing some like she's just full-on you know kooky lady like annoying kooky lady like she's the best like i couldn't get enough of her um but then also she um so everything that the young mrs the winter wears which is interesting too because she does not have a first name in the movie that's kind no. of like a thing, and it was a thing in the book too. They never refer to her by mm-hmm. her name. Um, she actually even—I uh, yeah, caught it this last viewing—that they, she introduces herself to Maxim's brother and sister as Mrs. De Winter, which I was like, "Wait, you yep. didn't even give your first name?" So it's interesting. So that's funny and interesting. But she wears a, ga- a dress in the very in the first part of the movie that's actually really nice. It's got like a tiered, kind of like um, uh, sheer capelet over that, which is really beautiful and that was really nice and you could tell she's kind of like what's interesting is she's not comfortable in any of her clothes like except for like the very simple plain kind of sportswear there's some scenes where she's wearing like gowns to dinner and stuff because they dress for dinner clearly because they're aristocracy so like he's in smoking jackets and he's just wearing everything like that's opulent and crazy like the tuxedos and stuff and doesn't really he doesn't make a difference to him she's always Mm -hmm. kind of playing dress up in these the the things that she's wearing she's wearing like there's this floral printed floor length gown that she wears to the first dinner at Manderley and you could tell she's kind of like fucks with it and stuff like that and she's like doesn't really know how to wear it yeah it's kind of new for her and then there's another one where she wears that like black satin one with the roses across the front of it that the during the uh scene of where they're watching the um watching the oh that got um, so
1: fucking uncomfortable I, when they're watching their honeymoon no, videos like, oh god it's so so it's like she's
0: wearing like an evening gown and he's like what are you wearing and he like kind of like calls her out on it which is super like fucked up like don't do that guys. I know don't fuck it's, it's it. fucked like, up because she someone's wearing something that's out say, of the ordinary she's like
1: cool
0: if someone's wearing something <laughs> out of the like, ordinary like it's
1: the one thing I had an opinion yes. on wearing and I decided to wear exactly. it and you don't he like it cool it. thanks just, like, if <laughs> someone's
0: wearing something that's different than normal just say they look great because <laughs> yeah um yes and
1: and uh up top she did she looked she great she really looked beautiful she looked yeah. um,
0: sta- she looked beautiful in that gown so it's just yeah you know, it, it is what it is he's a dick but anywho mm-hmm. so that gown was really beautiful and I actually like her you know her costume for the costume ball was gorgeous of course um of course. but everything that she wears is kind of like again just sort of to show that she's kind of like a kind of a you know you know, dyed in the wool, like, you know, an everyday man, like a nothing, you know, just living her life, doing her thing sort of thing. She's yeah. not of that, of that class. And she's sort of not, she was kind of thrust into it, you know? So yeah, for sure. It's, but this movie is what this, what this movie lacks in, glamour it certainly has in like mood and atmosphere and everything like that so oh for
1: sure like, and storytelling through costuming I, I mean, mean it's amazing they won best
0: picture that year every all the actors were nom- Hell all yeah. the actors were nominated Judith Anders was nominated um John Fontaine and um Laurence Olivier was nominated so like it was well I mean they didn't get the they didn't get the you know the awards but they were at least um, you know recognized so yeah So it was really, um, an amazing movie. So, wow, highly recommend. (laughs) But well, I love it, you
1: guys, and yeah, please check out Rebecca. It's fantastic. Yeah,
0: but anyhow, um, that's. That's basically it. We got to say, just watch this movie guys. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, keep up with us over on the social meds, um, old Hollywood realness on Facebook and Twitter are um, on Instagram. OHR podcast on Twitter. If you like to keep it like that, um, you can hit us up on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's vintage. Um, if you want to keep up with us on, f- um, on s- uh, Facebook, we have a, uh, group called OHR Podcast Darlings. It's fun and exciting. Everyone's having a good time over there. Just request and we'll let you in. Um, Don't forget to um, hit us up on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review um, just like green teas did one of my faves five stars. I love this podcast so much. I binged all the episodes once I discovered it and now never miss an episode as a movie buff and lover of fashion costume. Their research and antidotes are always fun and interesting to me. I enjoyed the relaxed feel of just two friends discussing their favorite films, one costume at a time. Couldn't say it better myself. Um, Anyway, so leave us a five-star review, please. It helps with visibility. Yes, thank um, visibility you. Um is important. Um, hit it.
1: And thank you for that lovely review. Yes. That was wonderful.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you to Hal Lublin for his vocal talents at the top of the podcast, keeping us sounding fresh and profesh, as always. Um, and I just want to say thanks for listening to OHR. Bye.
1: test test, beep boop. Test test beep boop. Boop boop beep boop.